Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz. I'm so glad that you are joining us today. We believe that healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from behind a screen, like I'm doing right now, I hope that our time today inspires you to breathe life into your world with your communication. Hey, before we hop into this great interview on today's podcast, I wanted to ask you a question. Would you like to experience a boost of confidence the next time you're asked to give a presentation or an update to your team on the progress of a project? Uh, It's time to lose the ums, the sweat, the inability to be clear and captivating. That's why Speak With People has different coaching programs for you. Head to speakwithpeople.com slash coaching and check more and let's get started. Well, thank you again for being a part of today's podcast. When it comes to leading, do you lead with people or do you lead at them? Today, we're starting a huge series on leadership, the biggest, longest series we have done. And if you go to speakwithpeople.com slash leadwithpeople, you can download a free guide which we've put together that will help you dive into what authentic leadership is. 20 different leaders from around the country have provided insight and it's yours free. Just head to speakwithpeople.com slash lead with people. Well, today our world is rapidly evolving. Leaders today are realizing that success transcends the old traditional models of authority and control and leading out of fear. And leaders for far too long have led that way. So we're launching this series to be able to dive into the heart of becoming a healthy and authentic leader. And today we're diving in with uh, episode number one in this series with an amazing guest, Aaron Burke. He recently released uh, a book called Unfair Advantage. And today we're gonna talk about obstacles and how as leaders we can overcome them. Uh, I followed Aaron from afar from a long time. I so appreciate his heart. I also appreciate his heart because we planted a church in the same uh, time, uh, he kept going with his and I handed ours off, but I'm so excited and just have a deep admiration for him. Aaron, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I'm honored to be with you. Excited about this conversation. Absolutely. Well, hey, before we hop in, just for our listeners to kind of get to know you a little bit more, could you tell us a little bit more about your story, uh, your history, what you do, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm 39 years old and I, my wife and I at 29 years old packed up our whole life, moved to Tampa uh, with a uh, six month old baby, a demonic dog that went on to, I would say a better place, but definitely didn't go on to be a better place. So it was somewhere else, but we, we went with vision and dream in our heart to start a church in the Tampa Bay area. Never thought it would work, just wanted to obey God. And so we started this in a rundown dollar theater in South Tampa. And mm. so since then, uh, it's been a journey of our life. We just celebrated 10 years at the church. It's been a wild journey. We are, uh, last night, we just had our very first interest meeting for our 10th location. Um, that's nine physical locations. And then we do a big online presence. So we are loving life, excited. It's you know, the more people that come, the more complicated it gets and the more <laughs> leadership I learn and the lo- more things I tell people what not to do. So if you want to learn all the wrong things to do in leadership and ministry, I've got a list of stories that I could share with you because <laughs> we've made a lot of mistakes, but it's been, it's been a journey along the way. Now we have five kids. Here's the crazy thing about our family is my first was born in July, 25 months later, my second was born in August, 25 months later, my third was born in September. <laughs> 25 months later, my fourth was born in October, and you'll never believe it. 25 months later, my fifth was born in November, 
Your boy is a planner. So that's how we work. (laughs) Wow, that's fantastic. Well, we have a common thing there. We, my wife and I also have five children, so we know, we know that life. Uh, so I think my kids might be a little bit older. So I'm, I'm already feeling a little tired looking at pictures of your family with all the young ones. Beautiful, incredible family. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I love it. I, uh, I keep wondering there. Um, I, I should have asked this off, uh, off recording, but there's a sign on a church building down the road from my house. Uh, we live in Odessa and I'm yep. wondering when that's going to be, you know, an open campus. I, you probably can't tell me now, but, uh, we're, we're a month away. It's yeah. Let me tell you, Odessa is a hard area to get permitting. We're finishing <laughs> it up right now. I bet. So it, it, that that's again it's part of our story it's just miracle after miracle mm. uh gave us that piece of property 18 and a half acres right there on van dyke so it's been a cool story that's incredible i i literally in the last two weeks i've had probably two if not three conversations with leaders who've asked hey do you know anything about radiant coming to i was like well i hopefully i'll find out and i'll tell them yeah, yeah. it's been fun that's great well hey jumping into this you know conversation leading with people, not at them. You know, there's, there's so much thought around leadership and, you know, kind of, it seems like the old days of, you know, leading at people, leading from a place of fear, authority, control. Why can you just take us to a place, you know, where you got to, why you do what you do, you know, what, what helped you kind of step up to start leading and lead from a place of health and authenticity and all of those kind of things. Yeah, well, you know, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. And mm. I've always realized it that the greatest things I ever learned in life were it's not because of some lesson that was taught to me from a stage or some title of some person that was over me, but it was just by the example, the person that mm. um, watching their life, you know, I learned to pray. And, and I know there's a lot of people that are not believers on this and Christians on this, but I learned to pray not by going to a lesson on prayer or because my pastor told me to pray. I did it because I watched people pray. Like mm. I realized that good leadership is not giving people a motto to say, it's giving them a model to follow. Mm. Yes. You can you can learn, um, it's by osmosis that you're gonna get the best lessons out of people. So I, I learned to pray by doing that. I learned how to lead. I learned how to sell things because of the way my dad taught me to do it. So I realized that the greatest leadership lessons I ever got were from just being around the real deal in that area. Now everybody's got their issues, but I just realized if if I can I can learn from everybody by being around them. And I realized with my leadership style is um, I'm not going to tell people what to do. I'm going to tell them what I do. Mm. It's a big difference. It's it, it, what the days of going. You have to do this because I'm this position and you're that position are over. By the way, wow, wow. Not only are they, they're so over for a lot of reasons, um, but social media canceled a lot of it because, <laughs> you know, you're called now, if you lead by that way, is you're called abusive, you're called, um, you know, a, a dictator, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's just an old way of leading. And what I've realized is, is titles or um, position on an org chart might be the easiest way to try to get something done by saying, I'm this and you're this, so you have to get it done but it's not sustainable. Mm. Best way to get things done is to empower people to win where they're gifted at, to let people walk into their calling. Mm. So for, let me use the church as an example, because we, um, you know, my, mm-hmm. my context is a church. So I tell people, our pastors at our church, we have 16 pastors on our staff, or maybe more than that, I'm not sure, but uh, our, our pastors, 
are not over anyone. They're under everyone. Wow. That's the mentality difference. It's we're not over anybody. We're under anyone, everybody. Um, The days of us searching for a title are over. Jesus never went for the title. He went for the towel. His, his perspective was, let me wash their feet. So that's leadership yep. because we, we actually realize when Jesus is washing disciples' feet, feet, he's not trying to do some like, hey, subtle brag of how great I am. He's actually preparing them for their mission because their mission was to go into all the world. He's, he's cleaning them up to go mm. do what, he, what he, they're called to do. Yep. So it's not about us. It's about how we can make them win. So I love this whole series. It's going to be so good that, and, and people need to listen to every single um, podcast because it's a new perspective of how to lead, realizing the greatest success is actually your successor. Your greatest, mm. let me say it this way. This is a line and I use it throughout the book, but I use it with our staff all the time. They can quote it before I even finish it. Mm. It's, the greatest thing will not be what you do. It'll be who you raise. Wow. So yes. that's the reality. The reality is, is we lead with them because we want them to succeed and their success is actually my success. Mm, that's powerful. Um, and they don't exist for me. I actually exist for them. And the more they win, it's like parenting. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. We know it in parenting. You know, in parenting, your greatest thing is not I'm the dad, you're the child. You'll listen to me because <laughs> you'll win that one, but you'll lose the war. Right. Right. And exactly. And we're in, we're in it for the long-term relationship. Yeah. I, I want my kids to be around me when they're 30. Yes. So I don't want to win the war right now because I used a title. I actually want to have the relationship buy-in to where they want to be around me, even in difficult seasons. Yep. Right. That was uh, a long answer, but that's my, my, my dream. It's such a passionate topic for me. I love it. I love it. I, years ago, I worked in a, a rather large church in the Chicago area. And I had started an MBA and one of the classes we took was on leadership and they handed us a book called Primal Leadership written by Daniel Goleman, kind of the father of emotional intelligence. And that's when my, my brain was first open to this idea of like, wait a minute, for years, yes, we let out of fear and control and authority and, you know, but you don't have to. When you tap into people's positive emotions, you, they're actually more productive, they're healthier, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing what happens. Just because you touched on it, why do you think, this is just my own perspective and you could disagree and tell me why, but why do you think kind of in the church world and really outside of the church world, do people respond to that heavy authoritative lead out of fear leader sometimes? I mean, it seems like we see them succeed when leaders, you know, are big and brash and authoritative. I mean, there's a difference between having confidence and being authoritative. Just wondering why you think sometimes people kind of just follow along with that leader. Uh, I think they do. Um, in the short run, they win. Mm. It's, it's too, you know, anybody that says, um, you know, they're a success. I'm going, we haven't seen the whole story. Wow. I don't care if you're 35 years old and you've got a big business. We haven't seen the end of your story. We don't know if five years down the road, your marriage is going to fail and the economy is going to collapse. We don't know what you're building. That's why people come to me and they're like, Oh, radiant church. Wow. What a success. I'm going, no, 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 no. You're too early to call this success. We're 10 years in. Talk mm. to me when I'm 60. Let's see if we really won this thing. So you can win in the short term by being authoritarian dictator, my way or the highway. Yep. Um, but I, I just don't think people are going to stick with you. Yeah. I wouldn't stick with a leader like that. I, yeah. It's impressive, but you, you, you can impress people 
really by your strengths, but you impact them through your weaknesses. Mm. You impact them through your vulnerability, through your struggles. That's why they say one of the most crucial things for a parent to say their kids these days, which didn't happen in the 80s when I was growing up. And my parents did it, but but parents didn't do it. It was it was a no-no for parents in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And now they realize it was such a massive mistake. They say one of the greatest things you can tell your children today is I'm sorry. Mm, absolutely. Do you, you know what I mean? Yep. Because now we realize you'll actually get more relational buy-in from your vulnerability and admitting you're wrong than you going, I'm never going to admit I'm wrong. I'm the, I'm, I'm the dad. I'm the parent. Yep. You're going to be the child. I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. You know, we learned all those statements. And the reality yep. is, is you're not going to win right. if that way. So yep. I would challenge people. We admire those people. We love them. We love the, you know, my way or the highway. Buck stops with me, people. I yep. just don't know if it's a win yep. long term. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, hey, um, I, I kind of live under the, 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 the leadership principle that that life is just not fair, right? Everything mm -hmm. always happens to me. They, you know, I, I have my whole list, right? And so that's one of the things why I just, I, lo I loved going through this. I was on a flight a couple weeks ago and just, man, piled right through it. I love that you put together, you know, this, this idea that like, hey, some people think everything's kind of handed to some on a silver platter. It, it's just not. We're all in that boat help people get there. Like what, why, how can we realize, wait a minute, you know, we're all in the same, we're all in the same place. We all have unfair advantages. Yeah. So an unfair advantage, let me give you an example of it. Yeah. Um, let's say you are want to be in the NBA. You have a one in a million shot of being in the NBA. So if, if someone's list, if someone's listening to this and you're investing all that money in your kids, they're not going to get there. They're not going to be in the NBA. Just wanted you to let you know that they're not going to make it. So there's a one in a million shot that you're going to be in there. Um, if you're over seven foot tall, the odds go from one in a million to one in six. Right. So uh, like that's a big difference. Yeah. And um, But being over seven feet tall is unfair. You ever try to fly on an airplane? Being over seven feet tall, you hit your head under every different door you walk in. It's unfair in every single way, except you can make millions of dollars playing basketball if you can learn to take your unfairness and turn it into an advantage. Yep. It's the same with life. Everybody has unfair things given to them. The way you were raised, the rejection you experience, the, the lack of money in, in your bank account right now, your um, even your setbacks in your own health. Yep. Everything we have that you would sit there and go, it's unfair. It's unfair that I have this. I believe with God's help, that you can learn how to leverage that unfair thing for your advantage. And that's mm. what the whole book is about. Yep. The whole book looks at the life of Joseph, who, for those that don't know the Bible, Joseph, there's two Josephs in the Bible. This is the Old Testament one. Yep. It's from a pretty famous family, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob's kind of the fathers of the faith. And then Jacob's 11th child is a guy by the name of Joseph. He was favored amongst the sons, has a dream, but then everything from the dream to the destiny is a difficult road. And people need to understand that just because there's a dream put in your heart doesn't mean it's going to happen right away. Mm. And Joseph goes on a 13 year, very unfair journey that I mentioned seven different unfair seasons that he goes through that I believe we've all been through, yep. but how he responded in them matters. I'll just say this one last thing on it. You can have two people go through the exact same unfair thing. Let's say they lose their job. Two people go through it. 
one of them can learn how to take that unfair scenario and with God's help and with God's guidance, make it better. They can get better. They can walk into a better plan, a better purpose. They can walk into their destiny. Somebody else can lose their job, have that unfair thing happen to them, but they can get bitter. They can get resentful. They can become entitled. They become victims. And what happens? They don't do it God's way and they get worse instead of getting better. So the choice is up to us of what we do with the unfair things in life. Wow. Wow. Boy, that's so good. And uh, from my perspective, so many leaders and myself at times walking through unfair seasons, uh, you know, maybe before we get some gray hair or some wisdom or some, you know, leadership behind us, we're just, we're pounding the desk. We're so, why is this happening to me? doesn't seem to be happening, you know, to anybody. What's a, what's a, a nugget or a piece of wisdom that you can say to that leader who's, you know, walking through that season for them to be able to recognize, wait a minute, God's, God's actually doing something pretty incredible with this season, you know, slow down and learn all that you can. I mean, give, give us something there. Well, we live life forward, but we understand life backwards. Mm. One day you're going to get to a place later in life and you're going to look backwards and you're going to say this phrase, oh, it makes sense now. Wow. It had to happen for wow. me to get here. So that's a faith maturing statement. It's, it's you saying this difficult season I had to go through to get. So I'll give my church as an example. We started in this rundown dirty th- dollar theater. I was so frustrated. I mean, we were, I mean, you, you know, we're in the church planning world. You can live vicariously through social media, through what everybody else's successes are. And you're yep. looking at them going, it's worse off for me. And I always thought that <laughs> they have a better building. They were all, ex- they, they had a better facility. They yep. were in a better part of town. And I looked at my dirty 190 seat rundown, uh, sticky floor theater that I was in. And I could have gone, this is terrible. But then I yep. realized now I look back that had to happen. It was that yeah. facility that we ended up three or four years later taking over the lease. We were able to renovate it. It became a broadcast location. It was still limited on space. So it forced us to go multi-site. Now yeah. we've launched different, you know, nine different church campuses. So I realized the unfair thing was necessary for mm. me to go to the next season. So you've got to understand whatever is unfair in your life right now, the difficulties in your life, we are firm believers, especially as people who have given their life to Christ. You know, my life belongs to God. If this was brought to me, there's a purpose to it. And mm. now I can, if I leverage it right, I can see God use it for his glory. But you've got to have the right attitude. You've yeah. got to have an attitude of God. So I asked myself this question. It's in the book. And I, I challenge people all the time. When you're in a difficult season, this is the question you ask what are you trying to teach me right now? Mm. What are you trying to teach me? Because the journey from, for the children of Israel, if you know their story, they're in Egypt and slavery, and then they go to the promised land. The journey should have lasted somewhere between 20 and 40 days from, you know, taking a million or 2 million people out of Egypt, walking them into the promised land. It took them 40 years. And the reason it took them 40 years was because of a simple, they didn't learn what God wanted them to learn. Your journey is going to take longer and be more difficult. Difficult seasons are going to come. How long you stay in them is up to you Mm. based on are you learning the lesson God wants you to learn? And if you learn the lesson, he'll bring you to the next. uh, It's it's like school. Like you're not going to go to the next grade until you pass the test. Are you passing the test? Yep. 
So I've had to recognize in every difficult season, okay, what is this test for? There's something that God's trying to teach me. So powerful. And especially as leaders, I mean, people are looking to us to communicate during that season. And yep. so you, you just nailed it with the, you know, your attitude, your character, because I've, yep. you know, if, if all of a sudden you become mopey in that season or everybody's against you, you know, then you're, you're going to lead that way. What's some encouragement for leaders to not adopt, you know, that, that attitude when it comes to your communication, but to an adopt, you know, a healthy positive, you know, to communicate, you know, to your people during those seasons. Oh yeah. Um, big mistake that I see people do is, so every leader is battling something right now. Mm. I'm battling, we all battle. And what I challenge people to say is you, you communicate to people your scars, you don't communicate to people your wounds. Wow. There's a big difference in those two things. So for instance, the stories I'm telling now are from victories in my past season, but it don't be the leader that gets on the stage that mopes and cries in front of your people about how tough life is right now. Because honestly, that we call it having appropriate vulnerability. Mm. So show people your scars. Hey, I went through this. It was a tough season and God healed me and he's brought me through. But when I'm in a battle, you know, I've got my friends around me. I've got my pastor in my life. I've got my spouse. I'm walking through that battle. But that's where good communication comes through. It's I, I'm going to present to them an appropriate vulnerability mm. that is going to create buy-in, going to celebrate where we're at. But at the same time, you don't want to ever be on that stage talking about how unfair life is, giving them a list of things that you're going through right now. And everybody walks away not thinking I can be victorious, but I hope that guy's okay. Like that's right. what, and right. we've all seen that story where they're like, yikes. Yep. yep. So my communication challenge for people is like I'm preaching previous victories mm. and my current battles are next season's stories that I'm going to tell, but I got, I'm getting through them right now. So good. It's so good. Especially, you know, for the leader who, you know, in the, the day of social media wants to post, you know, such a tremendous level of vulnerability online. It's like, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> No, and I don't think your your people need a perfect leader, but they right. also, they don't need to know all the details right, right now. And so I, I tell stories. It's very interesting because, um, well, I'll, I'll tell a story. I mean, years ago, my wife had postpartum after one of our children and, and uh, we had five of them. So she had, you know, mm. she went through different seasons with that. But one of them, it really messed with her and with anxiety. She never had anxiety before in her life. And we went through that season and it was really tough. I and mean, we had a counselor, we had our pastors involved. And then we had a whole Sunday where we were shared from the stage. And I remember people coming up to us like, I can't believe y'all were going through this and never talked to us. I'm like, mm. that's not our place. Our place is we wanted to share from a place of victory. Look how the win is. And it creates more buy-in in that. So when people are reading the unfair advantage, they're going to read some of these things and go, yeah, my life is unfair. Yeah. God can turn it around for the good. Use the principles, use the strategies I give them in the book, but also use appropriate vulnerability when sharing it. Absolutely. So I'm curious when you hear this phrase, uh, lead with people, not at them, you know, what comes to your mind? Are there any, any primary differences when you're like, okay, I know, you know, when I'm leading with people, I'm, you know, and I'm leading authentically, 
these characteristics are happening, you know, these principles, you know, I'd love, love your perspective on that. Yeah. I think there's a couple things on it. First of all, um, I think a, a, a lead with people phrase is a leader that's very present. Mm. So um, they care deeply about the person in front of them. I think it's, it's, it's very much of like, I'm in this with them. So we hosted a pastor's gathering. Um, I don't know if you no forget about that. That was a year or two ago. We hosted a re, uh, like a revival night for a 10 year anniversary. Thousands and thousands of people showed up. It's amazing. So we get done with our last night. It's 11 something at night. Everybody's exhausted. And um, the, the speaker, the guest speaker was there, takes off. And then it's me. So my assistant, some of my teachers are going, okay, pastor, we got it. We'll see. And I'm going, no, our staff is here. What are we doing? Oh, well, we're, we're packing up all the trailers and stuff. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's, let's go work. Because I'm not going to, I'm going to show them that this is not about I'm in some green room by myself that <laughs> I'm on hierarchy. No, we're, we're going to do this thing together. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when you talk to some of them, they're like, some of the greatest things is, oh, we had conversations while we were stacking chairs because it's not just him pointing at me. You know, the, those old days of the leader just going, you're going to do this. I'm going to go do what, you know, the greater things I got to do. No, we do this stuff together. Yeah. So um, I think part of it is that being very present, being there at the moment and genuinely care about mm, people. That's huge. You know, for the pastors that are listening, let me remind you, you are not in a business that you're trying to build a business or an organization. You build people. Mm. You love people. And if you don't love people, you're in the wrong industry. So um, I, when I hear that phrase, it's all about like, I'm just in the middle of it. I'm, um, and I know it's kind of controversial now. I don't know if it's controversial now, but one of my favorite leadership lessons was um, when the Ukrainian war broke out. Mm. And Zelensky, you know, they, they offered, you know, hey, we'll get, you, we'll get you out of here. We'll get you out. The, the country is getting bombed. And he, he said this phrase, he goes, don't send me a plane, send me bullets. I'm sitting there going, <laughs> that's leadership. Yep. You know, he could have gone to Switzerland and led the whole thing from Switzerland. Yep. But no, I'm on the front line. Yep. That's leadership. I love it. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. Because, you know, in any organization, whether it's a church or a business or, you know, companies at times, there are these power dynamics where, you know, people have great ideas and they want to be heard. They want, you know, their idea chosen, you know, what are, what are some thoughts for you? You know, I, in, in your chapter on the wageless worker, you talked about initiative and, you know, kind of having those moments where you step up and you talk to your boss. Could you give us some, you know, some insights there where you're, you know, if to our leaders who are going, okay, I believe I've got this dream. I've got these ideas. I just got to get, you know, over this hump to be able to share them. You know, what yeah. are your thoughts on that initiative? Well, let me say it twofold. First of all, for the leader that is trying to lead up, um, what I challenge our, our staff with is excel with what you've been given. Mm. And when you have margin, share how we can go to the next level. What I don't want you to do is share how we can go to the next level when you haven't done your job yet. Mm. So I, I, <laughs> I'm just a firm believer. Like I've got people come to me going, I've got an idea of how, and I'm going, I want to hear your ideas, but your job is this. Yes. Do your job and then excel. And that's what we learned from Joseph's life. I mean, I give 
strong details yes and there that's why i challenge business leaders i'm like take your staff through the book uh because uh the book will help them become a better work ethic because the reality is is when nobody's watching god is watching your boss is not your boss you're doing is unto the lord and let god promote you so do your job well yeah. now let me talk to the people that are in charge if you're in charge again this is lead with people how do you do this is that you have to understand that the real health of your organization is how um how empowered are people multiple levels down to make mm. decisions wow so i i love to just take time like there's certain times where i'm at the office and i'm walking around and i'm talking to people two three layers below me hey what ideas have you got what what do you think we could do you got to realize there's people with giftings inside of them that need to be called out yep. and need to be encouraged so um you will never have more buy-in than when you let them weigh in on what they can do in their organization mm. so the more i figured out and go oh man you had this idea and then from the stage or from you know during our all staff i'm sitting there going hey i talked to so and so and she's a group leader at this campus and by the way she had this idea yep. you know and then what is it doing it's empowering our stuff to go I don't have to be on the executive table to make decisions here. I, yep. I have a voice, even if I'm, and that's got to start from the top. It's so powerful. Uh, now that uh, <laughs> my whole perspective is different. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm part of my, the church body that I attend. I volunteer, you know, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. Now I'm a small group leader. So I'm on the very, you know, the very opposite end for 26 years. I'm listening to volunteers and, you know, ideas and trying to, you know, instill in our team, we've got to keep listening to those ideas because if we don't, you know, if we, if we have that mindset of serving over everyone, we're not going to be open to those ideas and we'll, we'll miss, you know, all those moments to, you know, give someone their day or receive their idea and promote them. Let me just ask you one last question. You know, when it comes to the generations, you know, for the first time in forever, I mean, we've got you know, the, the, we're spanning the gap of generations working together, mm -hmm. you know, all of that kind of stuff. So you've got, you know, the far end with the Gen Z and younger millennials who in, in my, in my, de in, in my research, they kind of, you know, they don't want to wait the 30 years, right. To get the promotions right. and the, the heyday. And then you've got the boomers on the other end who are going, okay, everybody, like we've been there, done that. Maybe give a, you know, a thought to the, the younger leader who's, you know, just wanting to excel and exceed right now and isn't, you know, waiting on that patience. And then to that older leader, who's just going, how do I work with all these young people and communicate with them? <laughs> well, if someone can figure it out, let me know. <laughs> yes. My challenge for the younger generation is, um, if you can work, if you can figure out work ethic and honor, you'll excel mm. and honor the people that have gone before you. And you can, because uh, work ethic is not that hard these days. Like, uh, there's so many, the, the boundaries, the, you know, I'm going to clock in this time, clock out this time. I'm going to do yep. bare minimum because that's what we're paying me for. You don't have to do that much to stand out. So I would just say, work on just good work ethic. Stand out. You, you'll, you'll never lose at going above and beyond. I just mm. challenge them with that. And then with the older generation, and I would just say this is, you are missing out on the ingenuity, the creativity of not tapping into those that are under 30. Mm. I'm telling you, they, they think different than I do I, in, in my 30s. Like, 
I say still say I'm 30s, but I'm close to 40. They just think different. The way they're thinking, the way they look at the world, the way they're handling cultural things, you have a lot to learn from them. And a healthy church, a healthy business, um, a healthy family is always multi-generational. That we we mm. celebrate both extremes. It's yep. we we've got Joshua and Moses together. We've got the young and the old. You know, Acts two, the spirit's going to be poured out. Young man and old man, we're going to dream dreams, have visions. So I think it's got to be both and. And so I'm intentional, even without giving out titles. I'm intentional about putting people at the table who are in their mid twenties at the highest level of leadership at our church. Mm. That's a big deal. I mean, I don't run my own social media. I don't, if I have a good idea of a post, I don't post it. I send it to a guy who's way more creative than I am. <laughs> I don't know what works. Um, if I have a graphic that I think is awesome for a sermon series, I don't run with it. But at the same time, if I'm going to touch on a sensitive subject, I'm going to talk to both generations. Mm. So you've got to, you've got to learn. It's the honor principle and then the work ethic can, uh, across the board. So that's powerful. I, that's powerful. Any last insight you give to the leader who's who's trying to look at that uh, obstacle and kind of transform it into an, an opportunity? Yeah, well, I give seven of them in the book. Check it out, and you can buy the book anywhere books are sold and on Amazon. But my thing is is simply this: is that whatever God's going to do in your life is going to take longer than you want it to take. Mm. It's going it, to uh, be harder than you can imagine, but it's going to be better than you could have ever have thought. So lean into it. Yeah. Trust, you know, trusting God means trusting his timing and his process. So I would encourage you just lean into the process, um, figure out when you're in a difficult season, what is God tr trying to teach you? And if you'll learn the lesson, you'll pass the test and you'll get on to the next grade. So there, the future's bright and, and the difficult season you're going through right now will make sense one day. I love it. Love it. Hey, before I let you go, a couple of rapid fire questions. Let's let our audience kind of get yeah, to know, keep getting to know you. So we talk a lot about uh, public speaking in this uh, podcast. Do you have a favorite speaker? And I'll, I'll put the slash preacher in there as well. You know, the, the favorite upfront uh -huh. communicator. Oh, I can listen to Jensen Franklin pretty much all day long. I, I love Robert <laughs> Morris. I love how Robert Morris teaches the Bible. I love how Chris Hodges um, makes really complex things simple. Yes. You can yep. learn from all those. And then Bishop Jakes. How can you not love Bishop Jakes? So. <laughs> it's incredible. Is there a podcast uh, either on the development side or the guilty pleasure side that, you know, you just love that like it, it fills, you know, one of those two tanks for you? Uh, not real. I mean, I, I, I love a good true crime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're, they're kind of fun. So I have a leadership pod podcast called Made for More. People can check it out, but not, not really. I'm, um, I, I just get information overload. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm, if I'm sitting down. I'm taking notes on them. So I'm like, it's, it's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of note taking. So I can't just listen and drive. Yes, I wish absolutely. So a fun thing, you've lived in the Tampa area now for a decade or so your family's, you know, best area to go relax and enjoy. Oh, our house. There's nothing better than your own home. So <laughs> if you come to Tampa, you got it. I mean, we have a river walk downtown. It's very fun. Um, we, you know, Tampa is known for people that don't know this. Tampa is known as some of the best steakhouses in America. Mm. So we have Burns, we have Charlie's, we have some steakhouses that people fly to Tampa to go to the steakhouses. So <laughs> if you're a steak connoisseur, 
you go to Tampa and you can eat some good steaks. I love it. I love it. Well, you, you touched on it a little bit. We'll put all of these in the show notes, uh, but where's the best place people can go online to find you and more about what you do and your ministry and all that? Yeah. AaronBerg.com has got information about me personally, a lot of information about the book. If there's pastors that are watching um, or people that want to do a small group, we're releasing a small group curriculum and um, video series in January, February time. So if you're interested in that and want to bring people through it, um, you can find all that on AaronBerg.com. And, and the church is called uh, Radiant Church. So that's if you're in the Tampa Bay area, we got campuses all over. We are Radiant.com. I love it. I love it. Well, we'll post all of that. Aaron, I mean, thank you so much. This was just absolute gold. Great wisdom. Appreciate your energy and excitement and just pouring into leaders and can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, uh, Speak With People listeners. So excited that you're part of our community. If you've not joined our Facebook community group, hundreds and hundreds of leaders from around the country, all trying to elevate the importance and practice of healthy communication in our lives. We share ideas. We share different thoughts to kind of spur us on to be uh, more effective, healthy communicators. Again, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. We really do hope that you were challenged and inspired. And my hope is that this week you will speak with people and not at them. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.